Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. My name is Jeremy Moore. I'm the pastor of discipleship here at Southridge. And I'd just like to share with you just a few very brief reflections here to close our service. The, uh, many of you often say, um, I, I have the privilege of leading, often leading, understanding baptism, which is basically our gathering where we talk about the meaning of baptism and Southridge's convictions about baptism. And we kind of dig into scripture and say, oh, like, what's this all about? And um, oftentimes people will say, one of my favorite services of the year is baptism service. You know, several times a year we do these baptism services. And one of those is because one of the reasons is the stories are so powerful. The stories are really the centerpiece of the service. But I really just want to take a few moments here and just share something with you to kind of walk out the door with, to to reflect on and to chew on during the week. So um, earlier, John shared some thoughts from Romans 6 about baptism. Uh, Let me read those verses again. In Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, Paul actually writes this. Uh, He says to the believers there in Rome, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He says a couple of things there. Um, Sometimes in our culture, we sort of think like, yeah, like what's baptism about? It's just sort of like an outdated symbol, sort of dry and outdated. And people used to do it years ago in churches, but what's it really about now? And uh, Paul reminds us that it has everything to do with our faith. Uh, Paul reminds us that when we sit here and we watch people get fully immersed in the water and then come back up out of the water, it is what we're meant to say is we're saying, wow, Jesus went in the tomb for three days and he didn't stay there. He came out alive again. So it's a picture of Jesus's death and resurrection. Someone goes down under the water and they come back up again as Jesus went in the tomb for three days and came back out again. But more than that, more than that, Paul actually connects two things. He connects that Jesus is the God who rose from the dead. He's the resurrected God. And in those verses, he actually connects that to Those of us who belong to Jesus through our faith in him, our relationship with him, we are a resurrected people. We're a people that are resurrected, made alive, and in the process of being made alive. Uh, So we actually just sang words about that. We just sang words, uh, by your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Um, So I just want to remind you, on the way out the door this morning, God is not just the God who in Christ rose from the dead. He is the God who's the source of resurrection in our lives. The, the, uh, The stories we heard this morning, they were stories of God's living presence raising people from the dead. God's living presence taking places that are dead in hearts and lives and places that are broken and bringing those places alive, mending them, making them whole. And so, so truly, this uh, experience that we've shared together is about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And so I just have three questions for you and I to think about 
as we close the service today. Uh, one is simply this. What needs to die and be resurrected in your life? What needs to die and be resurrected in your life? Um, maybe it's self-righteousness. Um, kind of a sense of like, well, I give lip service to Jesus, but really, I can, I can make myself whole on my own. There's really a subtle sense of that in our hearts and in, in our minds. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's like, I'm the one who's right and everyone else is wrong. And all the while, we, we can't see our blind spots because that is our posture. Maybe it's passivity. I, I know the right thing to do in my life, but to take steps to do it is just too hard. Um, there, there may be any number of things that it is. Maybe it's people-pleasing. Maybe it's that I, I have a block to loving other people because I'm so focused on my own inadequacy that in my relationships, it's really about getting affirmation. I'm not able to actually give because it's really all about my need for affirmation. It's subtly always about me. So what needs to die and be resurrected in my own life? Secondly, what am I looking for? What am I looking to, rather? What am I looking to for resurrection? What am I looking to for resurrection? Just a few verses earlier, uh, actually a few verses later, just a few verses later after Romans 6, Paul actually starts to express his frustration about how he can't live the way that he wants to live. He knows that there's a way that God created him to be in relationship with God and with others around him, but he's, he, he, he expresses his frustration and laments that he's not able to do it. In Romans 7, verses 18 and 19, Paul says this, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. His frustration comes to a climax a couple of verses later, and he actually cries out. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And then here's his answer. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul basically says this. He says, look, all my efforts to resurrect myself, to heal what's broken, to heal what's dead in my life, they basically result in this, that I stay trapped in a prison called sin. I can't deliver myself. There's only one who can deliver me. There's only one who can resurrect what's dead in my life. And so lastly, thirdly, third question, do I think I can deliver myself? Do I think I can deliver myself? Um, I remember a couple of months ago, maybe, I went to turn on a light, and I kind of flicked the switch on the light, and I was like, huh, it doesn't work. So I unscrewed the light bulb. You know, you kind of shake it, see if the filament's broken in there. And I pr basically did every, everything except for check and see if it was plugged in. <laughs> you know? And then like five minutes later, I was like, duh. So I looked behind the bookcase, it wasn't plugged in. Um, we do that in our lives. We sort of, like, no matter how hard you try, you could sit there and try all day. You're not going to get that lamp to turn on if it's not plugged in because the technology doesn't exist inside the bulb to power itself. And our lives are like that. Our lives are like that. There's only one who can bring true resurrection. There's only one who can bring dead things alive in our lives. So we could try as hard as we want, but we are not the, one, the ones who are our own deliverers. There's only one deliverer, Paul says.
And so I just want to simply leave you with these uh, two, two responses, these two possible responses. Uh, maybe you're here this morning and you came for somebody else and you said, like, my, like uh, I've never really made a decision to place my faith in Christ. I wouldn't consider myself to be a follower of Christ. Um, but I'm coming to honor the person that's getting baptized. It's important to them, so I'm going to make it important to me. That's awesome. We're so, like, so glad that you did that. Uh, this may be a divine appointment, though. If, if you've never actually made that decision to place your trust in Christ, to begin a relationship with Christ, uh, there are people actually up here where it says prayer team, there are people that would love to pray with you. That's the beginning of your journey of the Lord raising you from the dead, like you heard in the stories today, rather than you functioning as your own savior. But to those of you who are here, who you said to yourself, I made that decision. I made that decision years ago, that Christ is my savior. You know, we're not just a resurrected people, but I said earlier, we're our people that are in the process of being resurrected. So in our journeys, followers of Jesus, isn't it true that we sort of subtly shift our trust from the savior that we proclaim with our lips to trusting in ourselves to be our own savior? You know, to sort of saying like, well, really, if I just try hard enough and work the list, I'm the one who raises me from the dead. And so I just simply want to challenge those who are here, who are followers of Jesus. There's only one deliverer. There's only one who releases us from the prison of sin. It's not by working the list. It's by living the relationship. It's by leaning into the transforming grace of Jesus in our lives. So it's as we walk with him, Paul says, that the fruit grows, the fruit of God's spirit. And so one of the reasons you're walking away from this service and you're saying to yourself, wow, that was life-giving. That was especially encouraging. And maybe even thought you'd kind of come into this place and just be like, I'll endure the religion uh, to, to support my friend, is because this is the gospel. The gospel is we don't heal ourselves but there is a healer, capital H. There is a deliverer, capital H. He's the one. And the one thing that God is calling you to do is to lean into real, genuine relationship with him because there's resurrection that he wants to happen in your life through that. So let, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you that God would lead you to the next step that is best for you in your journey. Lord, um, for those who are here, who are, are kind of just checking this faith in Jesus thing out or are here to support somebody. Um, God, may your spirit uh, lead them. May your spirit lead them to genuinely uh, place their trust in you. And God, to follow you, um, to begin a relationship with you. God, to begin their journey of resurrection. And those who are here who have begun that journey, who are on that journey. God, as we walk with you, it's so easy to get distracted and to sort of veer off the road of, of walking with you, holding your hand, leaning on you to grow us and to raise us from the dead. It is so easy to veer off that path. God, um, remind us, convict us, remind us, strengthen us to shift our trust from ourselves as Savior to you as Savior. And God, um, may we leave this place encouraged, empowered, reminded, God, that that's, what, that that's how it works, and that's what you're calling us to, and that's what you're supporting us in, and 
your presence in us will do it. And God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to be together to worship. Uh, God bless you and thank you for joining us. Yeah.